Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Gunzelcast, broadcasting live right here from Gunzelman's Tavern at 21490 Lorraine Road in Fairview Park, Ohio. We are out on the beautiful terrace, and people are still lingering around after this Browns victory, 31-21 over the Texans. My name is Ray Carr. We have Carmen Angelo and Jeremy Demery. Yep. How are we doing? We are doing fantastic. We're going to talk about a myriad of different topics. Let's first of all start with you, Carmen. The Cleveland Browns' big win today, 31-21. Mayfield, let me see if I got his numbers correct. 19-21. For 213 yards. Very efficient. One touchdown, one interception. Ray, you got to lighten up, man. I've had five pots of coffee and 17 Kit Kats. <laughs> I'm freaking jacked. Well, he you is lose jacked. the monotone, man. You know, you're Carmen, not, Carmen, I'm, let's I, go. I'm not that it's excited. Fired up. Why aren't you excited? What'd you do? Rough that night? is his excitement. Yeah. No, <laughs> come I mean, on, man. No, the, the, the Browns played Jesus. well. But, Did you not hear him say Terrace? Like yeah. it's, he made it so romantic. We're in Bel Air, bro. <laughs> no, we're we're in Compton. <laughs> so the Ty, uh, Tyrod Taylor goes out of the game, ten for eleven, one hundred twenty-five yards. What happened to him? Carmen? Hamstring. Hamstring. He had uh, he made a throw near the, uh, the Texans uh, bench, popped his hamstring uh, shortly after he scored on that uh, touchdown run, wow. and uh, he was done. Uh, a lot of guys went down today. I mean, Baker momentarily went down. He had yeah. suffered that hit on the interception. It was non-throwing shoulder, but obviously didn't miss a snap. He came back and was effective and efficient as can be. Um, I think the story of the game. Well, two things. Number one, where was Miles Garrett? Well, where has he been all year? Well, I, this is only the second game. But, but still. Uh, understood. Did he not take the field? He was on the field. Oh, he was on the field, all right. <laughs> uh, and how about Demetric Felton, the young guy, the sixth-round pick out of UCLA, played for Chip Kelly, right. comes in, limited duty, scores a touchdown on a 33-yard right. pass and run. That, that kid, he was a running back for UCLA, and they lined him up in the slot today. Um, I doubt you'll see him coming out of the backfield unless it's on a jet sweep. That kid, he provided a spark, man. And I'll tell you, that little pirouette, that little dipsy dude 360 he had on that touchdown catch was absolutely amazing. Yeah. Do they now when they uh, like you saying Miles Garrett wasn't didn't really show up today. Now, do you think that they didn't utilize them today because the the game they got coming up next week might he might they might use him a little bit more often? Well, like, I think it was Did simply they do the old bait and switch because he could be very distracting. He is at a he is a threat every time he, he enters the field. So. You know, I mean, there were times where they chipped him, and then uh, you know he was picked up by the tackle. There were other times where he was man on man, man on man on the tackle, and he just didn't get uh, into the backfield. You know, the fact that the Texans were still hanging around with a backup quarterback that was a little bit disturbing. It was still a two possession game. Well, they could have easily lost, Carmen. Well, I, I mean, one thing the Texans did do, they stopped the Browns and they forced uh, Chase McLaughlin to come out and uh, attempt that field goal, which put them up by 10. That was that was a big defensive stand by that Houston Texans team, and it gave them a chance. It, you know, They stayed in the game. Yeah. If uh, that uh, young man toward the end with, what, about 3 minutes and 41 seconds, he shoved that one just to the left, uh, they get that. They got an onside kick. Who knows? Right. You know, um, they had, were, they would have made it a one possession game. Had the Browns lost this game, it would have been complete disaster. Oh, well, Browns fans would have been, you know, thinking of ways to. Well, I'm not going to promote anything, but uh, Browns fans would have been up in arms. But I, I would have been like they're 0 and 2, and then they got to play Chicago, who won today. Yeah. And they they could easily be 0 and 3, but now they're 1 and 1 going into the next game, which will be uh, next Sunday at 1 o'clock at home against Chicago. Yeah, and. Uh, 
You know what? There's a young man that uh, runs that Chicago defense by the name of Mike Pettin. Um, and he's still got, uh, I would imagine, a little bit of animosity toward uh, um, the owner of this franchise. So it could be a little bit interesting. Him and the whole city of Cleveland, really, yeah. have a lot of anim- animosity towards that guy. I still don't trust Haslam. You know, yeah. a, a guy that you know bought the team, what was it, about nine years ago? It roughly? was 2012, I believe. Yeah, yeah. well, it was nine years ago. All right. So he buys the team, and he's got all kind of room under the cap, and he let us suffer through some of the worst seasons in the history of the NFL. I'm glad you brought up the cap space because I believe for four consecutive seasons, we were $100 million or more under the cap. Now, they're never going to do it, but there should be a ceiling and a floor when it comes to professional sports. Well, there kind of is a ceiling in the NFL. I mean, there is a salary cap. Everybody's slotted on, you know, with the draft and everything. You know what they're going to make. But there should be a ceiling floor. You can't allow what happened in Cleveland to happen in other markets because there was so much available money that just sat there, and we as fans went through a 1-31, you know, I mean, if you're going to still show up, there's no there, there's no incentive for them to spend the money. Jeremy, when- that Browns fans are the biggest suckers. They're the biggest suckers. When they came back, when it was announced we were getting the team, they underwent the sale of PSLs, I believe, in late 97 yeah. or early 98. Yeah. And you know what? Don't buy the PSLs. The Browns aren't going to play in front of an empty stadium, but people rush to get the PSLs for the opportunity to buy a ticket. Yeah, just for the opportunity to buy a season ticket. That's a joke. It's terrible. It's highway robbery. Yeah, but you know what? Uh, Browns fans are the biggest suckers, man. They lined up. They bought them. They got their tickets. And what did they get? Nothing. Exactly. But, see, I don't understand how the Browns fans can go, look, 1-15, 0-16, just horrible. I mean, you can't even watch it kind of football. And they put up with it. And Haslam, how can you let the team get that bad? I mean, if they, if they won five games at least, you could tolerate that's bad. But when you go 1-15 in 15 and 0-16, in that's egregious beyond belief. Well, as Jeremy said, you're getting 67000 with a 1-33 uh, you know, uh, at yeah, that point. You're, you're selling it out. He's turning a profit. You think he really cares? It's all about the Benjamins. I know, but yep. you got to care at some point. you got to care at some point. Well, apparently he's done somewhat of an about face. I mean, I love the uh, additions of Andrew Barry. I love Kevin Stefanski. Yeah. You know, um, one thing that uh, did raise my eyebrows about Kevin earlier in the week was on Wednesday, he came out in his uh, media briefing, and he ruled Odell out, which is something that I would never do. I would make the opponent you know, scheme for Odell, and then when he's out there, they would have to adjust right, on the well, fly. Well, here's the question. Why isn't Odell playing yet? I mean, what's wrong with him still? Uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with him. I think he was ready to go week one. You know, for some reason, they're bringing him back next week. I, I don't have an answer. I wish I could. I, I wish I could well, say, well, his agent told him to sit out. Uh-huh. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. I, but if an agent dictates personnel getting on the field, that's a sad state. But I don't think that was the case. I think, you know, Kevin just wants to be overly cautious. I don't know. You know, he's been a head case ever since he got here. Uh, he's got all the talent in the world, but I, Carmen, I don't believe in him. I just don't. Well, you know what I believe in? I believe in Anthony Schwartz and Odell Beckham being on the field together, and I believe that opening up uh, you know, huge things for Jarvis Landry. Now, Jarvis went down in the first series, mm-hmm. and they believe he's got a sprained MCL. Uh, a sprained MCL, that could be two months. Yeah, You know, eight games. It could be, yeah, that that could be a while. I'm hoping that's not what it is, but I'm sure they'll go, you know, he's getting images right now, and uh, they'll figure it out. 
But if he's out uh, eight weeks, that's a tremendous loss because with Odell and Anthony Schwartz and their ability to take the top off the defense, um, Jarvis isn't a speedster. He's not a breakaway guy. Uh, you know, he, he's not a big play guy. He knows how to get open, though. Oh, well, yes. He knows how to get open, especially 50, within 15 yards of the line of scrimmage and then rack up yards after catch. He's not going to beat you over the top. But Schwartz and Odell being on that field together opens up uh, just tremendous opportunities for the likes of Alandro if he's healthy. But will Odell put up with not getting the ball all the time? He's not going to have the ball thrown at him 15 times a game. You know what? He's getting, what, $15 million a year? I know. He better. I know. He That's, better. I, I know that. But you know, The JV field's over there, bro. Right. You know? I mean, if I'm getting $15 million, I'm grateful. Right. You know, well, I mean, you and I and Jeremy, I mean, we, we love that kind of money, but he's not that kind of guy. He's a very, to me, he's a very selfish person, and I don't think he's a good teammate. I don't want him. I, I can really tell don't. you one thing. Um, I never cashed a check playing the game, but I know a lot of guys who have, and somebody like Bernie, Bernie never thought about the amount of money he was making when he was on the field. All Bernie wanted to do was win. Right. Alex Boone never thought about the amount of money he was making. All he wanted to do was win. Yeah, if you're thinking about the money you make when you're playing the game, you got a problem. At the end of the day, though, where did he get them? You know, I mean, they still had rough, rough post careers, you know, it, so you kind of, like, no one else in the NFL is looking out for you, so you got to look out for yourself. You, your number one asset is you and your abilities. Yeah, winning, winning and getting out on the field is probably... Should and should be priority, but at the end of the day, like if you're not if you're not creating longevity for your career, you're really not doing anything for yourself or doing any favors. But Jeremy, if you're out there and you're going half ass, you know, and you you're playing not to get hurt, you're not benefiting your team. Just step away from the game, then, you know. But it's those dollar signs that's going to keep you know certain players well, around. All right, say you made fifteen million dollars and you really kind of dogged it, but you know, long term, you got to think, okay. If I don't play football in two years because nobody wants me because of my attitude, that's going to hurt my post-career, too. No one's going to want you if you're injured, either. Well, but if you have a good personality, you could parlay that into broadcasting. I mean, some guys have really good personalities. Teddy Bruschi. Teddy Bruschi. There you go. You know, Marcellus Wiley. Right. I mean, there, there's a lot of them that, that, that are great speakers that can talk about the game, make us understand the game better. You know, I mean, look at Howie Long. I mean, for goodness sake, Howie Long was a Hall of Fame player. But he's also a good broadcaster. Uh, product of Villanova. Speaks incredibly well. Very well read. Very intelligent. But uh, Alex Boone is doing stuff on Sirius Radio. You know, and ironically enough, uh, Pete Carroll and the Seattle Seahawks coached him out of retirement for the last two weeks of the season last year. Yeah. I don't know what he made, but I'm sure he got at least a million and a half. You know, I mean, he stayed in shape. He retired two years ago, but he stayed in shape. And they brought him back, and uh, he was there for their last game and their playoff game. Right. Product of St. Ed's. Yes, sir. So the Browns overall in two games, your feeling, your gut feeling about the team right now? I mean, you know, they've got seven new guys on defense. It's going to take a little bit of time for them to, you know, to come together. You know, so I'm granting them some grace. There, there aren't a lot of good teams in the NFL, let alone great teams. Who are the biggest threats off the top of your head in the AFC that uh, the Browns have to face? I'm thinking the Buffalo. But I don't know if they. I'm not sold on Buffalo. Well, they they won big against Miami. I don't know what that means, but yeah, Miami's young. Brian Flores has that team going in the right direction, but really the Kansas City Chiefs are just about it. 
the Raiders won again today. They they could shock some people. Well, They're incredibly young. They went to Pittsburgh and they won. And they yeah. won on Monday Night Football against the Ravens. The Great Ra- game, by the way. Yes, it oh, was. my gosh, what a game. The Ravens don't scare me. No. The Ravens, too much pressure's on Lamar. He's lost three backs, okay? And Marcus Peters, they're one of their studs on defense, he's out. I mean, they're they're hurting. I mean, yeah, they got Marlon Humphrey. And by the way, speaking of that game, how, that Monday night game, what was Marvin Humphrey doing on that last play? I don't know. He thought that they were going to run that football. That entire Ravens defense thought they were going to run that that football. And, uh, you know, David Carr got the snap and just launched it. He didn't cover the guy. He was beat by five yards off the line of scrimmage. But anyway, the Ravens, they're, they're in sad, sad shape. Yeah. Jeremy, your thoughts? On the Ravens? Yeah. Uh... How do I bullshit my way through this when you really don't know much about football? Uh, I'm sure the Ravens... <laughs> a boy. Uh, Good for you, man. Uh, I'm sure the Ravens are a team who are trying to do their best to put up wins for their city and their community. And, uh, you know, every... every I mean, that's, I guess, generally the Browns' problem most of the time is that they uh, underestimate what are threats. And they're not a fully-fledged team in order to not come out and play 100% every time they come out on the field. Carmen, do you mind if I shift things over to something I enjoy far more than football? Can can Dave Grace make a shoe smell? (laughs) Yes, indeed. He'll be doing comedy here uh, every Sunday night. Dave Grace? Yeah, I think he's doing comedy tonight at 8 o'clock. Wait, is he really going to be here at 8 o'clock? Yeah. You're kidding? No. He's doing comedy? Yeah. Well, he is a lounge act. He's funny. My bucket list, I want to spend an afternoon... With Louis Tiant, Gary Bell, Dan Coglin, and Dave Grace. All four of those gentlemen have to be at a table. Well, that's, um, you know, some people would say Jesus. They'd want to sit down and talk to Jesus. Maybe Dr. Seuss, who knows? Uh, Bill Murray. But Gary Bell, Louis Tiant, Dave Grace, and Dan Coglin. I would say this my. This is your come to Jesus moment. Yeah. Is that what you're trying to say? Well, no, no, no. That's just my bucket list. Before I die, I want those four people right. at the same table because those are the four greatest lounge acts that I know. Well, Louis Tiant, even to this day, can barely speak English, but he's hysterical. Well, he, he was one of my favorite pitchers growing up. The <laughs> 75 World Series with the uh, Boston, Boston Red, Sox Red Sox and the Cincinnati Reds. I mean, you know, the, what was the game six when uh, Carlton Fisk waved yeah. the ball fair? I'll never forget that. Yeah. Uh, Before your time. How old are you, Jeremy? I am 36. Oh, Jesus. 36. I got scars on my head older than that. (laughs) But, you know. Which one? Well, let's uh, let's not go there. Carry on, Ray. (laughs) Baseball, my favorite topic. Uh, The Cleveland Indians, uh, how do they manage to still hover around 500? This team. Wait a second. I thought this was worse than first. Brown stock. No. Oh no no it can't. We have carte blanche. No no it's called the Gunzel cast. Oh it's the Gunzel cast. Uh, thanks for the memo. I said it on the opening. Okay but I thought this was worse the first bro. No no we, we Jeremy has officially changed it. Yes. Oh that, the that's Gunzel fine. Cast, so it's anything anything we want to talk about. Yeah. All right so we could talk about strippers poop everything life life just sure no curse words we're just uh, that's no you used one already did I yeah the barnyard oh word. I said yeah. Yeah, we yeah, but this is a podcast. I'm going to bleep it out. All no, right. you don't have to bleep it out. Yes, he does. He does? Yeah, you do. Yeah. Wait a second. What do we be? Because you won't get on certain podcast sites if there if there is uh, objectionable language in there. That's not one of the seven. Do you want me to go over the seven? No, I know the seven. I know the seven. We want to make it palatable for a uh, wider audience. Okay, understood. Yeah, right. Understood. So let's... Uh, I, I, I haven't sworn. I know, but I brought it to like the 15. 
Do you care if I light up a smoke? Yes. Okay. I don't. Oh my God. I'm a smoker. So. No, I, I don't smoke. I haven't. I've never smoked. I haven't had a drink in 35 years. Well, good for you. Me. Thank you. Oh, 28 for me. I know. Yeah. Two well, years it, for me. Good for you. Thank you. At a boy. Yeah. That's outstanding. Yeah. Made some mistakes along the way, and here I am. Hey, God, put those eyes up. in the front of your head to look forward, bro. That's right. That's you got right. it, man. Right on, dude. I didn't know that. Good for you. Thank you. All right. Good job, Jeremy. Good job. Now it's getting deep. Booze is not the answer. No. Even though we're at a bar. <laughs> no, you know what? No, it's it's not it's not the booze isn't the problem. It's our way of thinking as individuals. Yep. It's not, you know. I know a lot of people that can go have a beer or two, and that's it. If I had one, I'd have to have a couple dozen. So I was yeah. in the, I was the same way. Yep. And then it led to other things, and those other things were toxic. So sure, right. Trying to cut one out one thing the leads thing to leads. another. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Good for you, man. And you're Snowball 36, quickly. and you got two years in, under your belt. Yep. It's tough at that age to get it, you know, to get it going in it's the been, right direction. It hasn't been easy. It yeah. has not been easy. You know what, man? I could talk about this and life skills all day long. Let's do that because, I mean, we'll go back to baseball. I, I mean, I was going to talk about the Indians, but that's actually kind of boring. They did win today again in New York. Um, you know, the Indians have no pitching. And but anyway, that's not as interesting as let's talk about um, alcohol and how it's acceptable. And they promote alcohol constantly. But we never really talk about the downside of alcohol. Well, you're not, you know, they're, number one, they're never going to outlaw alcohol. Oh, I know. Oh, they, they should. There's too much money to be made. Um, and for me, being in recovery, by the grace of God, for 28 years, all I got is today, though, uh, um, it was my, the six inches between my ears that were my problem. And essentially, not to take anybody else's inventory, but... You know, we all have a certain way of thinking addictively mm-hmm. you know, that leads us down that path. You yeah, know? I don't... Here, this cable's starting to go. Hold on. Hold on, Jeremy. Oh, yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot better. There you go. Okay, go ahead. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's... I don't know. I, I find it tough terrain to get into the fact that it should be illegal. You know, because because we weren't able to handle it. Same thing that goes with a lot of drugs. Like I think it should be regulated a lot better than it is, uh, but I don't necessarily think just because I've made some poor life choices along the way that it should yeah. be illegal. Other people shouldn't have to pay for our, our mistakes. Right. Absolutely. Well, it's like smoking. I, I mean, this is my personal opinion. I don't like cigarettes. I don't like marijuana. I don't like cigars. That's just me. Mm-hmm. But some people can smoke that and not do, you know, smoke one or two here and there. Not a big deal. Um, but I agree. I think if alcohol is done in moderation, it's fine. Plus, we'd like to give a shout-out to our sponsor, Yingling Traditional Lager. Uh, if you like to kick back with a few cold, refreshing beers, and you can handle it. That's right. Go to Yingling Traditional Lager. And it's the oldest beer in America. <laughs> yes. Is it really? Yes, it is. I did not know that. Well, that's what I'm here for. I thought POC was. <laughs> You're too young to remember POC. Product. No, I remember POC. You remember POC? Schlitz. Schlitz. Bavarian, some of the finer Black lagers. Label, Red, white, Coors and blue. Banquet, Coors Banquet beer. Yeah, we drank Old Dutch. Old Dutch. No, Old Dutch was 99 cents a six-pack, bro. Yeah, it was bad. No, it wasn't bad. That was bad. <laughs> with, with Tipperillos. Tipperillos. And, hard, and hard-boiled eggs. <laughs> oh, God. Could you imagine <laughs> the beer prices that low? How could you not become an alcoholic? Yeah. <laughs> Heck, I would have consumed Aqua Velva. You know, it didn't matter. My karate. <laughs> well, it's before that was a deodorant, wasn't it? No, it was a it was a cologne. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I yeah, sent yeah. you a commercial on that. 1967. It was a big cologne where if you wore it, it made girls go crazy. 
the commercial. I'll, okay. I'll send it to you. But it's, it's I just wear a pair of tight slacks. Well, it works every time, I, Carmen. I was in a band that we had a song called High Karate, and I think that's what it was about. I'm almost positive. It was about that cologne. Yeah. <laughs> it went out of business years later, but of course it was big in the 60s. Now, Ray, you send me so many videos during the day. Yeah. But quite frankly, I've got like 5,000 friends on Facebook. I probably get 150 instant messages a day. Humble yeah. brag. What's humble, that? Humble brag. No, no, no. No, I... Um, and I can't look at like anything, you know. Plus, I'm I'm doing all the Triv social, yeah. and I got to go through his email on a daily basis. It's crazy. I mean, you send me so much stuff, which I'm sure is great. I just don't have the time to look at it. Right. I, I will only send you the stuff that I think you need to see. Okay. So if you get something from me, you have to look at. I it. have to. But look I at only it. do it once in a while. Okay. Now let me get back to the booze. What caused Jeremy? What caused you to start to go beyond what you knew was healthy? In alcohol. Uh, you mean what triggered it? or well, what? Like, like, I mean, like you're drinking and all of a sudden you kind of know that maybe I'm drinking more than I should be, but you're enjoying it. But what was the cause? What pushed you to the, you know, to the excess? Uh, not having it. I, I don't know. It was tough. Okay. So what would get me to that point was I'd go to a bar going, okay, I'll go, I'll go in, hang out with a couple of buds, have one or two, and then go on to my next thing. And then I, and eventually it ended up becoming more than that. And then I would have to, like, uh, supplement. Uh, uh, how do I, Yeah, I would have to supplement the fact that I drank so much with a drug to keep me going to on to the next thing that I needed to, to do. Yeah. So uh, it was kind of like a, it was a, you know, the older you get, the more you got to get your life together sure. and stop uh, neglecting certain things. And, you know, I'd just gotten married. And I didn't want that to ruin, you know, well, one of, one of the, the best relationships I have. And, you know, it already had, like, a few conversations uh, from close friends uh, prior to me quitting, uh, saying, you know, they're, them voicing their concern for me. What were they saying to you that you didn't see? All kinds of stuff. Like, I just didn't realize how big of an issue it was that it seemed like more often than not, that they were seeing me intoxicated. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I mean, sober. you know, was, was there a particular time when you were intoxicated that you realized that, you know, you got kind of scared realizing that I really shouldn't be doing this? Yeah, the last time. And t- tell me about that. Uh, the last time I got drunk was at a friend's bachelor party, and apparently just kind of got a, I was just, I don't remember a lot of it, but apparently I was pretty out of control. So it was like one of those things where it was, uh, luckily I was in a very con- controlled environment around friends who were able to forgive me. Uh, but yeah, I'd gotten out of control, I guess, that last time. And that's when I was just like, I, I, I see zero benefit to continuing this. Well, that's smart. That's smart. Yeah. I mean, Carmen is. Um, also, you shouldn't get high on your own supply, and I'm a beer rep, so. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Carmen- this. this- Discussion is beyond frank, but it is so welcome. Um, I think it's important. It's greatly important. I didn't think that this show, I thought we were going to be talking Browns and, you know, Miles Garrett uh, not really showing up today. And, and we can. Helton. Yeah, we can. I mean, oh, no, let's stay on a, this track, bro. No, this no. is a uh, whatever we want to talk about podcast and how it relates to our surroundings, this restaurant, uh, the people who work here, the people who run it. 
the food, the atmosphere. Uh, it's this place to me has been a very uh, a warm and inviting uh, place to come to. I, I've been uh, very thankful for you know Dave Grace and Joe uh, giving me a, a place to you know do my stand up night here. In uh, how accom like immediately they were accommodating to because like stand up is such a delicate process like you need to lower the music or you need to turn off the music you need to turn off the TVs you got to lower the lights like it's such a delicate thing and to go into a place that doesn't normally have stand up and ask them to stop doing the things that they normally do for their business is a most of the time a tough ask and they've always done it with such stride and and being so incredibly accommodated yeah so. Well, I mean, they are, and they've given me a chance to do trivia. We do the Queen of Hearts, and you and I have had, I met you last week, and, you know, it's just kind of been, it's great, because we bring a lot of good personalities together. Carmen and I have worked together many times. Who I, Carmen, I have enormous respect for you. Oh. Uh, I, I always have. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for everything I have, and, you know, I mean, getting back on that track regarding sobriety, it's... Uh, Without sobriety, I couldn't have been a faithful husband. I couldn't have been, you know, a father who was active in his child, you know, his children's lives. Um, the metamorphosis of my use, um, I remember it vividly, and it was something that, you know, I, I strove for the rest of my life. I, it was uh, shortly after Christmas in 1976, right down the street at 4458 West 210. Um, my brothers and I got a new slot track, one of those race tracks for. Christmas and my uncle came over to put it together for us so we didn't break it. You know, I was the run of the litter, so I was, you know, I was seven years old and my brothers were four and five years older and my parents didn't want uh, us putting it together. And my uncle came over and he had a uh, six pack of uh, Robin Hood Cream Ale, the oh, Tall Boys. Yeah. Um, which obviously uh, packed a little bit more of a punch than a regular beer. And I asked my uncle for one and he gave me one. You know, he didn't think I would drink it. And I opened it, I crushed it. And within a matter of moments, you know, I was seven years old. I was probably, you know, 60 pounds. I couldn't feel my legs. And I remember telling myself something to the effect that if this is what loaded feels like, sign me up. You know, now that was the first time I ever got drunk. Granted, it was 20 ounces. Um, but my brothers were quite a bit older than me. And our house, when I was in like fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh grade, was the spot you know, for all the parties, the high school kids when my brothers were in high school. And I took advantage of it, and I got out of control as a young kid. And um, every time there was a party at my house, which was probably at least three or four times a month, as an 11-year-old, 12-year-old boy, unfortunately, and I'm not proud of this, I got drunk. And by the time I was 15, I remember after the Ignatius game, um, I drank till 5 in the morning, and uh, I had an epiphany when I was walking into my house and I knew that I had to stop, and I remember breaking down in bed, and I was crying myself to sleep, and I asked the Lord for his strength, his grace, and his mercy. I said, Lord, just, I want to, I want to get sober. You know, I promise you I won't drink anymore. And uh, I was good for two weeks, and then I ended up getting, getting loaded again uh, two weekends later, and it took me until June 27th of 1993, eight years later, um, to totally surrender and give it up to the big man and his will. And a great year for baseball. 
83. <laughs> oh, 83? No, 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 93. This was 93. That's 93, what I, yeah, the, the uh, Toronto Blue Jays won. Yeah, my dear friend, JoJo Carter, with the walk-off that propelled them to that World Series victory. Yeah, yeah, Joe Carter. I mean, one of the great Indians of all time. Um, baseball aside, one of the greatest human beings you will ever meet. He know? seemed like it. I never met him. Great man. Great Where man. did you grow up? Uh, right uh, Four blocks away. Oh, wow. West 210. Very cool. Right down the street. You are listening to the Gunzel Cast, coming to you live from Gunzelman's Tavern at 21490 Lorraine Road in beautiful, beautiful Fairview Park, Ohio. I am Ray Carr. Jeremy Demery. And Carmen here after a two-year hiatus. Are we off the air for two years? Not quite, but close. Close, yes. And And glad to be back. And Joe McDonough, of course, is in the background smiling, holding up cue cards. I'll tell you, Joe is a handsome little devil. Oh, big devil. <laughs> I, and let me tell you something about Joe. You talk about a cat that was an operator on the football field. Yeah. You know, that whole premise of worst the first was because of Joe's ability to play the Mike linebacker position. He broke face masks, and after the game, he broke the opponent's hearts because he was walking out of Bulkin Park with our opponent's girlfriends. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a lie. Yeah, he got the girlfriends, then he went after their families. He was amazing. He was a tough guy. And I love the jersey he's wearing right now, aptly numbered 69. Joe McDonough is an absolute stud. No, no, still a stud. For those people that don't know Joe, he's six foot two. He's about 191 pounds. He could bench press over 400 easy. He, he, could, bench pre- he could bench press the weight of a small farm animal. This podcast is brought to you by Gunzelman's Tavern. For more information, go to gunselmans.com, or if you'd like to place an ad on this podcast, go to gunselmans.com and enter the contact us section, and please enter your information there. All right, back to the show. All right, we are back live on the Gunzelcast. My name is Ray Carr, Jeremy Demery, Carmen Angelo, and, and we're joined by the one and only, the man of a thousand voices, Joe McDonough. Hello. What up, JoJo? I'm here, baby. I'm here. And this is kind of like the part of the show where Joe just bears his soul. And he's the proprietor of Gunzelman's. <laughs> Joe has seen a lot of things, and he's done a lot of things. And, Joe, can you share some of those things with us? <laughs> I can, Ray, and I will. <laughs> what, is, what, is, uh, what is one of your favorite aspects of the restaurant? Like, What, what do you think that you're most proud of? <laughs> Um, I'm most proud of our podcast because it talks about, wait, what is it talking about today? Right? Anything. Anything goes. We were talking about my alcoholism for about 10 well, minutes. Oh. <laughs> we talked about the Browns, then we kind of moved into alcoholism, and I figure oh. that's a perfect topic for a bar. Oh, that's totally fun. Yeah. But that's not a great ind- endorsement, Ray. No, it doesn't mean that you don't, ha- you can't it drink. It was sponsored by Yingling's Traditional Lager. It doesn't matter. It just drink responsibly. <laughs> that was a joke. That's right. No, I mean, no. <laughs> Ray, Ray, come on, take it up? easy. It's showbiz, man. Work Bush, with me. Bush Bavarian. You remember yes. that in, in Semi-Pro? I used semi-pro? to drink it. Yeah. Yeah, Bavarian. Yeah, the young man behind you. I used to drink it while you. I watched The White Shadow with Ken yeah. Reeves and Gogo Gomez and Warren Coolidge. I love that. Yeah, and Jackson. Okay. Carver High yeah. School, right? What? Carver, Carver High in yeah. Compton. Remember? Are you really old enough to drink Bavarian? Yeah, like real Bavarian. Yeah, uh, me and God rest his soul, Tom Dragic used to drink it all the time. Really? Yeah, you drank Bavarian. I, I, I'm older than you. I don't remember Bavarian. Yes. I had I had Bavarian in my beer can collection through two different. Uh, there were two different Bavarians. So it was like 
me and Kevin Smith would go through uh, Bain Park after a long weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Like, dude, we got to get more. Uh, when, what else when, did you find down dude, there? I remember when Old English 800 came out, we were like, wow, <laughs> this is cool. Like, where did this come from? I've never even heard of this. Oh, it must be imported. <laughs> I got to say something about Joey. And this is what I wanted to say off the air, but I figured I'd bring it to the airwaves. Joe, down in Jenny, Jenny Schmidt's basement and his band in 1984 or 85, played the classiest, finest rendition of the Monsters theme song you would ever hear. You were on bass, I remember. Oh, yeah. yeah. We I mean, the we... way he thumbed it, it was unbelievable. I mean, the bass I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> we rocked, dude. Yeah. I sat on Jenny Schmidt's washer while they played it. Who's Jenny Schmidt? A girl that we grew up with. Where is she now? Uh, she's married to Dave Gibbons, who played running back at St. Ignatius. Yeah. Probably in the uh, Fairview uh, Volleyball Hall of Fame. Yeah. Oh, she was a stud. Let's talk about those Fairview girls, the volleyball team. They won like three straight state championships. Yeah. Jenny Cathy, Val Young, Lori Longo. Right. Yeah. The problem is that that information is very esoteric for the rest of the people around the world. Um, I understand that, but we are in Fairview. We're at 21490 Lorraine Road. We're at Gunselman's, and we do have a large... A portion of our audience that is uh, Fairview or past Fairview residents. They are. Right? They are. You have to cater to all. When Jesus sent his disciples out, he didn't send them out to talk to one specific group of people. He sent his disciples out to talk to all people. Yes, he did. And that's we, what we strive to do here on the Gunsel cast. Can I you know, I was just really proud of you, the fact that, like, when you said, let's talk about the girls' volleyball team, and that's the turn you took with it, I was like, that is a classy move. Because I was like, oh, this is going to get dirty quick, and then it didn't. No. I'm no. very I have the proud utmost, of you. I have the utmost respect for those women. And yeah. and they were not the Swedish bikini team. That's no. true. They, they were, well, I'm just saying, they were athletes. They, they weren't, they weren't, weren't supermodels. You know? oh, I, I thought a couple of them were. Okay. But you Although Sherry Tofton never played... Uh, I, Sherry she Tof- was a cheerleader, wasn't Yeah, she? Sherry yeah. Tofton and Diane Jeffries just drove me nuts when I was a kid. Diane Jeffries will be here... Uh, <gasps> Two weeks for the class of 1986 uh, class reunion. Is she single? I do not think so. She is Diane Jeffries McSomething something or other. Okay. Lives in, lives in North Carolina. Oh, well, that's good. You couldn't, couldn't be further. You, like, if you did have a chance, <laughs> you just... You yeah, know. if I went to high school with so you, you guys, I'd no get chance? as far away from this place well, as I could. Know. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, more I was more like that. one in a million. <laughs> I thought uh, those two girls were just um, lights out. Yeah. And they were just great, great girls, too. That, that Diane looks exactly like she did in high school. Ah, Bizarre. Wow. Just, that, just as healthy and vibrant as ever. Good for her. Yeah. God bless her husband. And she probably took care of herself, Carmen. Sure. I took care of myself, Ray You Ray. did. You look great. Twisted steel and sex appeal. Holla at your boy, dog. <laughs> <laughs> My God. No, you know, Carmen. 52 years old, a pasta. Okay? I know. Well, Carmen, look, I don't look like my, my old man looked like Barney Rubble. I don't look anything like no, him. Joe no. can attest. No, I, uh, you're more and more every day, buddy. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> I hate to tell that's you. why they call you the million dollar man, because that's what it took to rebuild you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, 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 I must admit, I am looking more and more like him every yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. Talk, talk about your old man. See, I mean, Ray, when you say, well, no one wants to hear about Fairview Park, Fairview Park is... I didn't say that. I said, I mean, that's interesting stuff, but I mean, there, there, it is a specialized audience. That it's like got to be, it's gotta be right. documented in a Immortalized somewhere. Might as well be here, right? Oh, I, Absolutely. But it's, it's more. You're more peddling Americana. Yeah, you it know, is. I mean, this is this is small town America, hundred percent. Yes. And you know? you know what? If everybody we grew up with knew that we did this podcast, I swear to you, at least eighty percent of them would listen to it. Well, we sure. can take phone calls. You know. 
Can we? Yes, yeah. we can. Perfect. It sounds perfect on this. Can we? Well, we're only got a couple. Well, we'll do it next left. week. We'll right. do it next week. We can good, take good home. timing, Ray. Yeah. Well, yeah, you should have mentioned it 44 food minutes ago, right? For thoughts. We don't want to rush into it. We want to have the right guests call in. Okay. But, uh, can you uh, take a call now? I can, Joe. Just make sure you're on the. Um, well, I'm not going to call in. He's going to text I'm somebody, the, Ray. The gosh darn microphone. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to have somebody call in. All right. You rascal. Did you okay. not sleep last night? No, I've been. You up. look disheveled. No shit. Or did you? No, did you spend a no night? Uh, no. no. You don't have to put your head on. It's too late, bro. So no, what I, was this rally for? I did a, uh, I was the MC at a race today, a 5K race to benefit the Cuyahoga County um, Animal Shelter. And I was up at 5, and I was there by 7, and we worked till noon, came here, did trivia, and now I'm doing this. How, how many participants did they have? About 300. That's awesome. That's a good yeah. turnout. Yeah, they raised, you know, five, $6,000, maybe more. By the way, Joe, is Sherry Tofton single? I haven't seen her since... Uh, 1986. Uh, 86, maybe, yeah. But a year after I was born. Wow. I was born in 85. Ray, you've got scars on your heels older, older than, than that. that. My son was born in 84. Wow. Wow. Joe, I wanted to ask you, I never asked you this on the mic or off the mic. What was the moment, when did you know you wanted to buy this bar? Well, we never wanted to buy this bar. <laughs> All right, well, explain how that happened. Well, I mean, when, when we were growing up, this bar was, well, I delivered the paper to this bar. and had to work myself up to walk through the door just to ask for a buck fifty, because there would be 12 drunk uh, iron workers at the end <laughs> with red behind the bar. And I walk in, and they'd be like, ah, here comes this kid again trying to shake me down for a buck fifty. And then they all be like, rah, 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 and I'm like, oh my god! You should have just told just me you're Irish. <laughs> yeah. They would have given you the money. Oh yeah, yeah. They're all I'm Irish. Sure. Yeah, the Red Martin, not Irish. <laughs> oh okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean that's what they said about the Gunzelmans back in the day. It would either it would separate separate by nationalities with the you know the Polacks on one end, the mix in the middle, and the Italians at the other end. Are we allowed to say mix and Polacks? Yeah, you're. Yes. Fine. <laughs> I can't say that on our show. Really? Well, I can no. say Polacks. Right, what you about can, you mix? Just, yeah. What about mix? I don't. I really. Don't. I, I mean, I say Dago, but since I am one, I can get away with it. Well, I know. but I'm half Bohunk too. Yeah, I'm, I'm half gonna, Slovak. Well, to tell a family secret, my grandmother was Dutch. Really? Swear to God. You know what? Turbrack. No kidding. Yeah. I had an ex neighbor that was Dutch. Yeah. Yeah, and I had an awesome tree in my front yard, and he cut it down. He cut it down, and he carved me a little pair of those wooden shoes. So then I went. The next day, I was so pissed because he got rid of my tree. So I burned a windmill in his front yard since he was Dutch. I got charged with a hate crime. Wow. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, Ray. It's a joke. I know it's a joke. I didn't burn a windmill in his front yard. No, no. <laughs> Ray was all sad. He's like, oh, no. They were just confused by how specific of a hate that was. Well, I mean, the Dutch, though. The Dutch they... are known for windmills, right? Right. Windmills, wooden shoes, and... Uh, Cocos. No, that, those are the Swiss. No, Le tulips. Legal drugs and <laughs> prostitutes. Hello. Right. Well, Amsterdam, right. I'll tell you, it's been and a long time. And ladies who will split the bill... What? Dutch. You get Going Dutch. Yeah. Oh, oh, the ladies will spread. I, love, I, love I never knew there was anything good about Dutch. I mean, a Dutch rub hurts. A Dutch uncle gives you bad advice. I mean, the Dutch right. suck, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> old, old, old Dutch beer. Yeah. yeah. Give me gas. Yeah. yeah. Did, did Hangover. They, they discovered New York, right? The Dutch? Yeah. I thought those were the Dagos. No. New Amsterdam. Oh, okay. no. They oh, took, yeah. the Dagos <laughs> took over New oh. York. Well, uh, unfortunately, Dave, yes. David Grace would like to call in. Yes. Oh. Uh, I like the idea. 
what's what's plus you can't i need headphones you can't like you can't discover something that's already been inhabited by native americans for hundreds of years okay here we go go. i'm half native american Um, that's okay let me call him here all right everybody so so back back to uh why did we want to buy gunselmans we never wanted to buy gunselmans um yeah, it was always an old man bar growing up. We never came in here. We would I lived down the street and we'd go elsewhere because they're always they never wanted your business. Mm-hmm. So I mean, literally for sixty years it was a uh, it was a shot and beer bar. So just type your number in here. I got oh, it. I, I see it, Joe. Okay. <laughs> I mean I went to Lakewood High, but come on. Type your number in. All right. Carry on, Joe. Okay. So, uh, long story short, David, Grace, and I met up in a bar, and we saw, saw each other and said, hey, man, I want to get out of my job. I just I can't. I hate it. I want to I do something else. I was starting to look into renewable energy. He was looking at this, and he's like, dude, we should just buy a bar. And I said, okay, cool. So we looked for, you know, Reader's Digest. We looked for a couple of years. We... Uh, didn't find anything. We were going to go to Tremont, Ohio City, downtown. We really wanted to go to Playhouse Square because that's when they built the chandelier. Mm-hmm. And we were going to do a, a concept called American Tapas. So you would have pre-made meals. And with every drink, you'd get American Tapas. you get maybe two chicken wings or a small bowl of chili or some, you know, some, something very small and quick right before Playhouse Square. Mm. So we thought, you know, here, because every time you go to Playhouse Square, you try to eat, but you're always in a hurry. Yeah. So we, uh, but, you know, never panned out. And, you know, we both got a promotion in the jobs we hated, realized (laughs) money wasn't anything. Yeah. So a couple of years later, he's like, hey, man, I think uh, I saw this. uh, It was called a, uh, 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 what was it? Nostalgic Fairview Bar for sale. And that's all. It's like a one line thing. And he's like, I bet you that's Gunzelman's. I'm like, dude. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So we, we came in and uh, talked to uh, to Eric Zelmer and his wife who were selling it. Uh, Josh Lork just bought the building like four months ahead of time. And the problem with, you know, Eric actually saved the bar. When Eric bought the bar, it was he had to go through his lawyer that talked to Red Martin and Red talked to Red Martin on his deathbed, and Red was just like, ah, just let it close, I don't care. But he's just like, give the kid a chance, he wants to, you know, so he kept it alive for another five years, where Red just wanted the whole building, he wanted the bar to shut down, he wanted the building to be sold, he, you know, so who knows what it even would have become. So we, we came in, we, uh, first thing we had to do is we had to talk to Josh, we met him at Santos, he had all six of his kids that were all you know, I think the oldest was like eight years old. And uh, we went over and we're like, look, we just want to meet you ahead of time. We don't want this place if we can't put in a kitchen and a patio. He said, I don't want you to come in if you can't put in a kitchen and a patio. Nice. So we came in, did that, and uh, he is he is go. now our partner at the library, Steakhouse. Nice. All right, we're on the air with David Grace. Oh, yes. The- What's up, Ray? David Grace, uh, Joe McDonough, Carmen Angelo, Jeremy um, is right here. All of them are right here with us. Say hi. Hello. How's everyone today? Go Browns. David, I was so bummed out when I rolled in here and I was told you were not going to be here. 
Well, someone's got to, you know, cheer him on to a victory there, Carmen. I got you, but I, I was telling Ray off the air, my bucket list before I die, one thing I want to cross off is I want you, Louis Tiant, Gary Bell, and Danny Coglin all at the same table, and I just want to listen to you guys talk. That's how entertaining you are. Ah, that's a big compliment because those guys are something else, that's for sure. Indeed they are. Are you going to be here next week? Uh, probably, yeah. I think I will. Uh, what what time are you doing? 11 o'clock, I believe. Yeah. 11, 11 o'clock yeah. sounds good. 11, yeah. yeah, it was pretty funny walking out of that stadium with the, uh, there you go, Brown fans hammered. <laughs> were, were you able to get into your uh, desired location inside the stadium today? I was, yes. Very much so. Very hot. <laughs> You're amazing. Oh, gosh. I won't blow your secret, but that's outstanding. I love it. Love a person yeah. that lives on the edge, bro. Oh, he, he had legit tickets tonight. Oh, no, today, I had yeah. legit club seats. I, but anyone and their brother can sneak into the club and the stadium now. I mean, if we were teenagers, I would never buy a ticket because with mobile ticketing and the and the people that they have working those gates, it's just a clueless factory. No kidding. They never checked our tickets once. We just walked right in. Wow. And we had tickets, by the way. Next week, there's going to be 115,000 people yeah. that show up. At the I, I hope Al-Qaeda isn't listening to this. Oh, yes, exactly. Yes. Right. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, it's just with that with that short-staffed and just that, you know, they went away from paper tickets, and I think it costs them money. I really do. You know, at least with paper tickets, you had to physically show something. Now, you know, everyone's trying to get in, and the service always crashes down there. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. What was the feeling like in the stadium, Dave? Uh, you know, it was good. You know, it was a little apprehensive uh, after Houston came back and Tyrod Taylor ran in that touchdown. A lot that's of axe Browns played David, a good game. David, that's Tyrod. Tyrod Taylor. Sorry about that, buddy. But, uh, yeah, after he ran that in, everyone got a little deflated. And then, obviously, when Baker made that tackle, the whole stadium was quiet for a little bit. But, you know, we were right there. We, I think he separated his shoulder. I think they popped it back into place, but it was his left shoulder, and that's why he came back. Hey, let me ask you, what did you think about Demetric Helton? About who? I'm sorry? Demetric oh. Helton, the young man out of UCLA, the sixth-round pick. Oh, he looked great. He totally broke that guy's ankles. I would not want to be in the film room tomorrow for, for that uh, safety from uh, – Houston, because, uh, and that's Reed, or, or I think, I forget his name, Reed, but he's one of the best ones in the league, and he totally broke his ankles. <laughs> and that kid was a running back at UCLA under Chip Kelly, but, you know, unless he's running jet sweeps, they're not going to run him out of the backfield. I think the way Stefanski well, why used should they him, bother? They have Nick Chubb and, and uh, Hunt, and those guys are studs. But I will tell you, all the rookies look good, Carmen. I mean, um, Delphid had a good game, you know, for essentially his rookie year because he sat out all last year. Mm -hmm. And I tell you what, Greg Newsom, the second, it's the first time in, in, in a long time that I saw a team picking on Denzel Ward. Yeah, you know, uh, Denzel gave up three not huge plays in the first half, but Tyrod Taylor went three straight times his way. Oh, they went to him the whole time, and then when they would go over, now he had that one pass interference, and all he had to do was turn around, and he would have got a pick. Yeah. But... 
But, uh, you know, he is a stud, man. That is a steal. You know, you got to give Barry a lot of credit, our new GM, man, because every one of those guys had an impact. I mean, you got Felton, you got Delphi, you got uh, also, I can't ever say his name. I saw him. JOK. Yeah, JOK. And then, you know, he had a great game. I mean, all of them stepped up. I, I, I think, though, the biggest thing you can take away from this game is I have a little concern about our defensive line, or is it just me? Well, um, we were talking about Miles. Miles, uh, how many times was his name called? Uh, also, um, our linebackers concern me a bit, too. They do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, besides JOK, and, you know, they re- that was a rough game. I don't know, you know, it must have seemed like a thousand commercials on your end because there was injury after injury. I think that I counted seven Houston Texan defenders went out of the game at one point, and that game took forever. That third quarter was every play was an injury. It was yeah. crazy. The mood here was mellow. You know, it was in comparison. It was a really weird drawn out mellow crowd well we've been burned before so you know i tell you so let me let me explain this to you so i'm in the new stadium right in the swanky club seats it was very nice air conditioned when you wanted it to be and then uh and i got these guys in the bathroom just saying how great the old stadium was (laughs) and i finally looked at them i said yeah man that old stadium was kick-ass with the obstructed views the poles in your way the shitty broken seats the big piss trough the smell (laughs) the smell i miss the smell (laughs) compared to that remember the pachyderm building at the zoo yeah, they got rid of that. It's, you know, it's, it's not the same. <laughs> I was I was ten years old, and being an Irish kid, I was a little dung shy to stand at the trough with a bunch of grown men. So <laughs> I, I would stand Sw- there with my swinging a tater tot, huh? Yeah, for five minutes before I could get over the shock to go to the bathroom, and then the guy next to me dropped his keys in the trough, oh. <laughs> and I said, "Well, you know," he said, "I guess the stadium owns a car now." So <laughs> it is. Uh, it is true what they say about. Irish guys. Uh, well, you know, I do have a little Italian, but yeah, that's true. We're growers, not showers, buddy. Oh boy. <laughs> you, might, you ain't hitting bottom, but you're bagging the crap off the sides. <laughs> but I'll never forget those keys hitting that trough. And I'm sure it was, this was 1976, so I'm sure it was some type of huge Thunderbird or something. He was like, all right, you're going to keep it. Now, what year did you guys buy Gunzelman's? It has been seven years now. Seven years. Well, Dave, yep. uh, Joe was giving us a little background about like uh, before you guys bought the bar, and then when you guys decided to buy the bar. Uh, what was your like? What what made you want to get involved with everything going on here? Uh, not working for the man anymore. <laughs> you wanted so to be the I man. Wanted to, I wanted to sink or, sink or swim in our own merits, and I think Joe will attest to that too. We were going to make this happen, regardless we were going to do something because I was so sick of other people controlling my life. And, uh, although, you know, in corporate jobs, you can make really good money and I don't want to take it away from anybody, but you know, we drive the economy, the small businesses of the world employ a lot of people and we sink or swim on our own merits. There's certainly times where I wake up and regret it, but I would say overall, it's just because I want to, 
sink or swim by what we do. And I'm really proud of the job we've done. I don't know if you guys announced it, but, uh, you know, we are one of the bright star nominees for the entire state of Ohio chamber of commerce out of a thousand chamber of commerce. And hopefully we'll win the award. And that's usually reserved for the Lincoln electrics of the world. So for a small company like us to, to win something as prestigious as that is, it's just a testament to us and the staff and, Joe's marketing and a lot of things. So, and a lot of the community involvement we do. I'll tell you, I've but, said uh, from day one, Dave, that Joe should have gone in the law. Should have gone to law school. He's brilliant, isn't he? He doesn't give himself enough credit. Well, I don't know. I don't know why you're stroking him off there, but that's okay. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> no, the guy is brilliant. He always has been smart. That's uh, if I if I did and I became successful, I'd use it for Evo. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that, that's, that's exactly. why. That's why I've tried to stay yeah. away from too much money, too much power. Yeah. Joe, I would yeah. abuse it at that best. Yeah, the you, good uh, Lord would definitely turn him into Doctor Evil. That is for <laughs> sure. <laughs> now, Joe, what were you doing before uh, Gunzelman's? He was a field tester for Trojan, Jeremy. Oh, I believe that. Right. Yeah, that, that one, checks one out. At a, one at a time. <laughs> yeah, one on each <laughs> finger. <laughs> But no, you know, I mean, the combination of Gunzelman's and, you know, and, uh, you know, and just the kind of renaissance of Cleveland, although walking through Tower City, you'd never know it. But, um, uh, you know, I think that there's some good things happening. Um, You know, we got a little bit of a hidden gem. People around the country still don't give us our dust reserves. And that's kind of good because we don't want all the filthy animals moving here anyway. Dude, how about in the last uh, three days we've been... uh, quoted online for one of the best uh, best burgers according to Yelp ratings and 36 bars in Cleveland that their food's as good as their drink. It's awesome. Yeah, you know, I, I'll never forget bringing in the baby changing station and the, and the high chairs and just laughing and knowing it wasn't for the 70-year-olds that it was actually for kids. Dave, what, what, were, you, what were you doing before Gunzelman's? I worked, you know, a lot of corporate jobs. I've always been in the hospitality industry. I spend a majority of my time with the Hard Rock. Uh, good company, you know, um, but they went through a lot of changes in their higher management and, uh, you know, kind of lost its, its uh, you know, they had a really great, you were proud to work for the Hard Rock, man, and they, they were really great with their staff. It's still the only company I know that when your employees turned we were with you 10 years, you got a Rolex and, uh, they have since stopped that, which is a bummer. But, you know, I, I actually took over the hard rock, uh, downtown Cleveland when it was nine years old. And that next year I gave away 13 Rolexes. Wow. Pretty cool. They they got the job. Yeah. I mean, they wanted to stay there, you know, and, and they certainly, when they were at eight years, they certainly wanted to stay for the Rolex. That was for sure. Well, David, thank you so much for calling in. We're going to wind up the uh, Gunzel cast, and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, all right. Hey, hey, go Browns, and hey, hey, a win is a win is a win. Dave, great talking to you, pal. All right, see you guys. See you, buddy. David Gray. So let's, uh, Carmen, it's been a real joy. Jeremy, Joe, thank you. We'll, uh, We'll do this again next week on the next edition of the Gunzel cast. Good night.